Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, and welcome to Concussion Talk Podcast, Episode 2. My name is Nick Mercer. In this episode, I'll be talking to a good friend of mine from university, now doctor of sports medicine and concussion expert, Dr. Christian Goulet. I asked him about concussions in general and what he's seen through his experience and through research. So without further ado, here is the interview. Okay, I'm on the line with Dr. Christian Goulet, and he will now tell you who he is and where he works and what he does, so go ahead. So my name is Christian Goulet. I'm a, I'm a physician at pediatrician, and I did a sports medicine fellowship, and uh, now I run the uh, Eastern Ontario Concussion Clinic, the CHEO, the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario, the big tertiary care in Ottawa, I run their concussion clinic, and I'm the medical director of the Pediatric Sports Medicine Clinic of Ottawa. Great, thanks. So I guess I'd now just ask you some basic concussion questions you can give your doctorly advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, so what is, a, what is a concussion? So to me, a concussion, you know, it's funny because the true definition isn't... Uh, not really well known. If you ask a hundred, I read your online that that presentation. What the what the presentation you gave? Give an online yeah. thing about it. So, is that what you consider a concussion? Yeah. Well, I mean, concussions are different different things to different people, right? It's uh, I mean, if you get a hundred different concussion doctors in a room, you'll get a hundred different answers what a concussion is. And to me, a concussion is any change in your uh, m- mental status. Uh, after some sort of trauma that's not due to a pre-existing condition or any uh, other external factors. Okay, so so you so like a a stroke can't give you a stroke, but brain drain stroke or same thing. Is that would you consider that type of thing? Or well, no, do you I think just no. trauma. You want trauma, right? Yeah. So for me, it's 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 different. I think when if you look at concussions. Um, when you talk about something structural, like a structural damage, like whether it's a stroke or whether it's you know a head bleed, then by definition, it's not really a concussion. A concussion is considered mild traumatic brain injury. When yeah. you're talking about a concussion or a head bleed, then you're then you're talking more of a, a moderate or a, a severe brain injury. Okay, cool. Well, not cool, you know. Interesting. <laughs> uh, so my next question is this: just so like, what research have you done? And what, like, in, in what aspects of concussion, concussion have you done research or do you focus right. on? 
Yeah, so a lot of different, uh, you know, a lot of different research. Primarily, um, uh, I do uh, research on um, uh, my, my, actually, my area of interest is on education and advocacy. I've got uh, some publishings in um, about um, uh, doing one study. It's a national study in Canada that's um, uh, looking for predictors of post-concussion syndrome. So what things should we be measuring when we're looking at concussions and what can be predictive? I have another study that that looked at to, to see if parental anxiety was related to um, post-concussion syndrome and we found that it wasn't. Um, we have a study that we're starting now about in the, an education piece, um, just showing that uh, you know kids can be taught about concussions, young kids. Um, I did another study uh, with the Sports Legacy Institute uh, about their concussion education piece and uh, we, we constructed one and we tested it and we found that it was a good way to, to instruct kids. And then I'm going to be having another, another advocacy piece that's going to uh, make kids into teachers themselves to work on uh, getting them out in the community and having them teach others about concussion. That's a good idea. Yeah, so that, that's what's going to be happening now. Yeah, that's a, that leads actually. Well, the next question is: What are the, you, the common common themes of concussion? What do you think these the main common themes are of a concussion? Well, I think so. I mean, there's I've seen about you know, three thousand concussions at this stage, too, yeah. and, and really, yeah, the hallmark is is that they're all different, really. So yeah. when you look for common themes. Uh, I mean, the one thing you can look for, all the common symptoms being headaches and trouble concentrating and, and fatigue, photosensitivity, so sensitivity to light, sensitivity to noise. Um, but the thing that I see, I very rarely see the straightforward concussions anymore. I see the more of the complex ones. So for kids to see me, they have to get referred from another doctor somewhere um, in the community. So I see the more complex ones. And and what I see with concussions is probably one of the most important things is that the toll that it takes on these kids' lives, right? And yeah. I see kids that, you know, go into depression and go into, you know, stress-related issues. And, and concussions just has a huge ramification for the yeah. mental health of, of kids. So so how, I and mean, you mentioned before, the how is, so how would you differentiate that between a concussion and a head injury? Like, where an acute head injury, acute head injury, how would you... What would you yeah. use as your way of, of differentiating? Well, so con yeah, so concussion is uh, it is a form of head injury. It's a yeah. form of, yeah. of head injury with a certain set of symptoms after the fact. Yeah. We know that uh, we know that concussions, you know, there's a great mystery, a great mystique around concussions that we really don't know what they are. Um, you know, that, that's the first answer. But we know very well what concussions are on the cellular level. We know that it's just chemicals. It's an abnormality in chemicals in the brain after acceleration or deceleration forces. So your head moves and chemicals get released in your brain. Yeah. Right? And those chemicals, you know, they're lactic acid, they're sodium, they're glutamine, all these different chemicals, right? But mm. we just know that they are a release of chemicals in your brain and those chemicals will get released. Now, if the chemicals get released to a to an extent where it can cause symptoms, whether it be headache, whether it be trouble sleeping, whether it be trouble concentrating, right, that's when it becomes a concussion. So if you get a head injury and you yeah. don't have any of those symptoms, then it's just, you know, it'd be, it'd be a head injury and it wouldn't be considered a concussion. Okay, yeah. So what are we, like long-term effects of... Uh, not, just even just one, one or multiple concussions? 
Well, it's yeah. Every every person is different. That's the problem, right? Yeah. So we expect, you know, if someone has one, two. Sorry. Oh, so what are the the common ones? Common. Right. So I mean, every everyone is different. I mean, we we expect people with a standard, you know, one, two, three concussions, right? Yeah. We expect a full recovery with those. Yeah. Right now, when are you going to start having long term effects of concussions? Well, we really don't know. Yeah. Right. It, it depends on persons. Now, when you talk about concussions and severe head injury, that's a lot different. When you talk about someone that's had a skull fracture, someone that's had a head bleed, well, that's that's quite a different story. That's a you know one significant head injury, right? Yeah. Can have you know permanent damage. Whereas with it's a concussion, we don't expect one single concussion to have irreversible damage. Oh, okay. And so like one, yeah, it all makes sense. And on the states, and especially in Boston, where you studied too, there's the chronic traumatic encephalopathy. What's, yeah, what, so what, what is that? What is good question? A, yeah, a brief. So like, chronic traumatic, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. That's the the term that we use for essentially abnormal protein being deposited in the brain from repeat head injuries. So someone gets hit in the head over and over and over and over again over many years, you get a protein deposited in your brain, mm -hmm. a protein that is very similar to the Alzheimer protein, right? And that causes some of the problems that you see very similar to you know patients with Alzheimer, whether it be memory issues, personality problems, um, things like Lou Gehrig's disease, Parkinson's, all these different things are starting to be associated with repeat head injury and the thing is when you say repeat head injury you don't necessarily need to have a repeat quote-unquote concussion it's just a repeat head injury that where we call them in the medical world subacute blows so you look at the you know the offensive and defensive lineman that keeps hitting their head you know game yeah. after game yeah. after game that don't necessarily get concussed but we know that potentially maybe that these subacute hits can actually uh, take their toll after many years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've seen. I've seen that that uh, Frontline did a great special on NFL concussions. The, yeah. The just the, the, the tau protein is what it is. The, the tau protein. Tau yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so okay. So that's why. So uh, once you once you once you do get a concussion or several, what are your, the important considerations for managing a concussion for the athlete, the doctor, or the parent? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the, the most important thing with concussions, and this is what I try to, to hammer home. Hold on one second. <laughs> no problem. Uh, so the, the most important thing, I think, with concussions is you have to respect them, right? What I always tell patients are, you know, concussions are like the ocean, right? You have yeah. to respect the ocean, right? But you yeah. can't be terrified of the ocean either, right? So concussions, you have to respect them. So if you get hit in a game or doing an activity, then you immediately have to come out of that activity and reassess, right? So that's the where kids run into big problems is when they get one concussion and before their brain is fully recovered, they get hit again. Those are the things that uh, you know really, really set kids back. And I just lost my sheet there. The question that I gotta get back. Um, I don't know. I don't know right now. Okay. Oh yeah. So when you get when you get sub a sub concussion blow. What, what if you you don't know if you're in the kitchen and you bang it on the on the door open door? How do you if you feel later on in the evening you feel like 
Is there something you should look for? You feel like you hear hair, you don't knock yourself out, you don't give yourself what you think is a concussion. Mm-hmm. But say like eight hours later or five hours mm-hmm. later, you're laying in, laying in bed or sitting down on TV and you start feeling, what should you look for? What are the main things you should, you know? Well, good, good question, good question. So you're, you're looking, you know, you're looking for, you know, any change essentially in how you feel yeah. that can't be attributed to something else, right? So if you get in the head, yeah. right, you know, but you have the flu, yeah. Right. I mean, the flu can feel very much like a concussion. Yeah. Right. So you have to rule out other causes of those potential symptoms that you're having. Right. So if you get hit in the head, right, and you're sitting eight hours later, well, you're looking at, you know, you do get a headache. Well, do you normally get a headache or do you not? Is this, if you are someone that gets a headache, normally, does this headache differ than the headache that you normally get? Right. And if it's the same kind of headache that you got before, well, you know, maybe this is just, you know, a tension headache, or maybe this is one of your migraines. Maybe the headache that you have now has absolutely nothing to do, you know, with the head injury. Now, if you never have headaches and you get hit to the head and you have a headache, right? And those headaches, the key is that they're made worse with exertion, right? So yeah. the hallmark of contestive symptoms generally are that they are made with worse with exertion, whether you're physically active, whether you're cognitively active, whether there's too much light, too much noise, whatever the case may be, concussive symptoms should not be random, right? They come on with exertion or exposure. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes it make, yeah, make sense. So obviously the only the treatment does you, except for seeing a doctor, you, your treatment is rest, is rest basically, like rest and what other treatment, what other treatment can you give yourself or can, will a doctor recommend for a concussion? <laughs> So there's a good question. So there's a lot of different literature out there, and we know now that cocoon therapy doesn't necessarily work. So putting shutting kids completely down, putting them on a couch, right? Yeah. That doesn't necessarily work. So what I always recommend, right? So you have to control the things that you can control, right? So yeah. you make sure that they're eating well. So a protein-heavy diet, low-fat, low-sugar diet, right, for most people, right? Make sure that they're drinking well. Often kids need to drink somewhere between one and two liters of water a day. Make sure that their sleep schedule is right, right? So that they're not, you know, napping isn't always a good thing. Now, in the initial phase, it might be, but often you want to get kids sleeping through the night, get a good solid sleep, right? Yeah. I often encourage kids to go for a walk, right? Go outside because when you start making kids feel sick, they start getting sick. So if you stick a kid on the couch all day, right? Yeah, he's going to start feeling sluggish and he's going to feel lazy. He's going to have trouble concentrating, right? Mm-hmm. I tell kids to stay away from screens. So stay away from computers, TVs, cell phones, right? I tell them it's okay to talk to people because you don't want to isolate these people. If you isolate them, they'll start getting depressed, right? So they can talk on the phone. They can have people over at their house and talk, you know, talk do very, with very minimal stimulation, but they need some sort of social interaction, right? Yeah. I want kids to to not exert too much, right? And then sometimes there are some different supplements that I use, but it, it depends on the different uh, on the different cases. And for the kids with chronic symptoms, right, there are some medications that I sometimes use as well. So when you say don't exert yourself, is that what you mean also by like try to keep away from screens? Because because there's too much like mental. Need too much mental yeah. attention. Too much, yeah, with, with screens. Yeah, screens are there's too often there's too much stimulation, right? When yeah. you talk about 
Anything that's pixelated, you get those little dots coming in from the screen right. at okay. you know, 30 and 120 hertz. And so your eyes are constant, your brain is constantly adjusting and readjusting. Yeah. Right? So that puts a lot of strain on your brain. Okay. No, it makes a lot of sense. Mm. So, so, study, so there, there was a study that came out of the University of Wisconsin a few months ago. And it was a short study. It was a relatively small study. But what it showed is that if you there's no change in outcome by putting kid, pulling kids out of school for more than two days at a time. Yeah. So making kids stay home for week after week after week isn't necessarily a good thing. Wow. Now, I think there's exceptions to that rule, but that just says that, you know, you can't completely shut kids down because if yeah. you shut them down, they, they won't get better. Yeah, they, yeah, they feel sick. Be exactly. Sick. There's a yeah. fine line where you have to, you know, encourage them to get back to life, but not having them to do too much. And that's why working with the schools and trying to get them to you know, buy into having these kids, you know, go back to school at a very gentle and a very slow pace um, and not inundating them with work when they go back to school, but getting them back to school as quickly but as safely uh, as you can is very, very important. Well, that's just perfectly leading into a bunch of questions about your clinic in Ottawa. So... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What a like what so what what do you do basically and and what age of your what age are your patients what age are your patients? So my patients for headaches. So I have two different clinics. One is uh, the Eastern Ontario Concussion Clinic, and that's where uh, I see kids in my private practice. And then I have the concussion clinic that I run at Chio. Now both clinics are essentially the same. Um, the one at Chio, I have a nurse practitioner that that works uh, that works with me. Um, but basically, you know, I, I, um, the interventions are very similar between both places. Uh, I see about three to four, uh, often new concussions every day. 
Uh, and I see, you know, anywhere from five, five to ten follow-up concussions uh, every day. And that's in addition to my uh, pediatric practice. So I do sports medicine and general yeah, pediatrics right. okay. as well. So it's pretty busy. Um, yeah. I see all all patients need to need a referral. So what will happen is they'll go to either their family doctor, a walk-in clinic, or an ER, and then the doctor will send a referral to me. Uh, I try to see all all patients within two weeks. Um, they'll come in. I'll spend anywhere between forty-five minutes to uh, an hour and a half, uh, depending on the severity of the of the injury. Um, and often we, uh, you know, we'll do uh, things like blood work, or we'll uh, sometimes we'll do MRIs. Sometimes, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do other, uh, you know, other history taking um, and more gathering more information. And then uh, with the first appointment, we uh, we we establish a plan, right? And and we educate them. A lot of what we do is we educate uh, both the the patients and their families because we know that the more you educate uh, people the less likely they are to develop post-concussion symptoms, right? So when you take away that mystery, that mystique of concussions, that these kids, they, they get better, right? And when part of what makes concussive symptoms potentially worse is the uncertainty of it all, right? So I, I spend a lot of time explaining what concussions are, going through with the patient and the families, helping them understand, helping that concussions do get better. Um, you just can't you know, keep hitting your head and, and your brain will repair, uh, you just have to give it the opportunity, and then we'll uh, we give them some supplements depending on you know what the patient is, and or sometimes medication. Then we'll see them back a few weeks later, and then we'll reassess and and make alterations to the plan that needed. Okay, cool. So, so what 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 range of ages are these are these kids you see? Well, as a, as a pediatrician, I can see kids up until their 19th birthday, so I don't see kids after that. Um, but I, I see kids, you know, essentially from any age, any, any doctor that uh, has a kid that hits their head and, and isn't sure how to manage things, they, they refer them to me. So, you know, essentially any, anything from, you know, day one of life, if they, yeah. if they want, you know, I'll, I'll see them. Wow. So, so what, so what's, so I see a sports medicine clinic, so there's mostly a lot of overlap between your sports medicine clinic and your concussion clinic. Is there like, what? What sport? I guess hockey, eh? Nala? Hockey mm. is the main the main sport. So hockey, yeah, hockey is is probably what I see the most of, just because you know hockey is a it's contact. It's a cultural thing, right? Everyone everyone plays hockey, but I see you know I see every you know I see every sport. I see you know cheerleading and rugby and ringette and basketball and volleyball and um, so I basically I, I I do see a lot of you know. Non-sports related head injuries as well too. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, no equestrian. I see a lot of equestrian concussions. Yeah. I was gonna say, is there, are there any sports that you that surprised you that you see so many concussions kind of from the certain sport or? Well, the ones the ones that I found that um, that are they're the ones that kind of worry me the most, right? Or I think are the ones that to me I've seen you know some of the most significant head injuries are. Uh, from equestrian, right, where you think you have these yeah. horses that are, you know, 16 hands, 17 hands that are huge and they're throwing these young people, um, you know, because there's so much unpredictability with these animals yeah. that can create a lot of force. The other ones where um, that I see a lot of, you know, long-term symptoms is with uh, cheerleading. Because uh, if you think about it, you get these young girls that are being 
thrown, you know, 15, and you 20 must see those a lot in your, in, in your sports medicine clinic too, like a lot of like ankles and do you? Yeah. 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 No, see a lot. Yeah. I see a lot, a lot of, a lot of injuries. Yeah. A lot of injuries from those sports. Is a lot of like the same, the certain athlete comes to you for because they hurt their ankle and then they fell on their head. Is this no. all that or? No, no, from, yeah, from the way that it works, I just, when, uh, you know, either doctors will refer, right. you know, a patient to me because they have an ankle injury or, uh, because they have a head injury. It's, it's, uh, typically not a, not a, not for both. Do you find the symptoms return a lot? Do, do like a, a, a patient come to you and says, oh, I've told my, the light, the light sensitivity and then come back and like, let's say, okay, that worked. And they come back like two months later and say it's back. They really, they really shouldn't, right? I mean, because if you look at, you know, the problem with concussions are, you know, when you look at light sensitivity, headaches, yeah. you know, trouble sleeping, trouble concentrating. Well, it could be concussion, but it can be a lot of other things. Yeah. It could be the fact that they have the flu, the fact that they have mononucleosis, the fact yeah. that they have stress. Yeah. You know, it, it could be a lot of different things. And if you look at concussions just from a chemical standpoint. Right. Yeah. The if the symptoms go away for a long period of time, they shouldn't come back unless you get hit on the head again. Okay. Right. It's almost it's almost analogous to a bruise. Right. If if you get a black eye, which is just you know a bruise, it's blood being released. Your body will resorb that blood. It will take that blood away. Right. It'll, yeah. It'll take that blood and it turns it from the black eye will go from black to blue to green to yellow. Right. Yeah. And that's your body breaking down that blood and, and taking it away. The same, and that's just chemicals. The same thing happens in your brain when you have a concussion, right? Your body will, will take away those chemicals, right? And those chemicals shouldn't come roaring back unless you completely overdo it from an exertional standpoint or if you get hit in the head again. Okay, gotcha. So, wait, so you, see, you're, you see, obviously, if you see kids under like 18, then they'll be with their parent most likely. Do their their yeah. do the parents do the parents' concerns on this and the patients' concerns often align? Do the same concerns? Yeah, they all no, they they definitely have a, a lot of worry. And I you know, sometimes the kids come in and they don't want their parents with them, but I always say, No, no, bring your parents in, right? Because I talk a lot and yeah. I give a lot of information, so it's important that they both hear it. Because yeah. When we talk about pediatric patients, the parents are a big part of a uh, big part of the treatment and big part of the recovery. And yeah. they do have a lot of you know a lot of the similar issues. You know, when can they go back to sport? Is it safe to go back to sport? You know, what's the quickest way that they can go get back? But a lot of them just need reassurance too that they will recover from this. Okay. Um, so it's it's a lot of the same same questions. Yeah. So same questions between parents and kids. Yeah, very similar ones. Yeah, very similar. And. Uh... Do do they do you have do you have much follow up? Do you give much follow up? Just say just say just see them just once. Do you see them like on yeah, a weekly no, basis or? I'll see them. I'll see them through it. So normally I'll see them once, and then the standard generally is I'll you know I'll, I'll give them interventions to make right a bunch of different interventions, whether it's supplements, physio, whatever the case may be, and then I'll see them back in about four weeks, and then we'll reassess it four weeks, and then often it, I'll see them. Uh, four weeks after that, and then four weeks after that, and, and kind of uh, go go that way until they're until they're recovered. Uh, so um, I I've run out of questions actually, but uh, is there anything that you see and that you think are important important information about concussions that people should know, like kids especially? 
Well, I think the, the biggest thing is, is you need really a cultural change, right? You need these kids to inform the coaches, inform the trainers when they get hit and they don't feel right. Because if, you know, if they pull themselves out of the sport, right, just for that day, yeah. then the probability of them doing significant harm is dramatically reduced, right? It's when those kids, they get hit and, you know, they don't want to tell anyone because they don't want to be pulled out and they keep playing and they keep playing and they take more hits. That's when you can run into big problems. And that's what kids need to understand more than anything is that it's better to, you know, to miss that, you know, next shift or the, you know, the rest of the game than it is to, you know, miss the next month or two months or four months, right? Just right. because you want to be playing. That's good because in you, I, I know you played hockey when I, when I went to did you still, did you still play hockey? I have not. I wish I could, but the practice, my, my practice is too busy. And then when I'm not working, I'm just with the kids. So I haven't, uh, I haven't done much of uh, side. But you still, you still watch, you still watch. Again, I, I don't, yeah, I was never a huge watcher of hockey. Right. But, uh, you know, if, if something, if the senators are playing or something, you know, I'll try yeah. to, uh, yeah. I'll try to watch a period or two. Yeah. When I'm doing my paperwork at the end of the day. When you were playing hockey when you were younger, did you anything? Do you when you got hit? Would you ever feel like after end of the end of a game or end of a period, end of play, and just feel a bit off? Feel like you maybe looking back on it. What's, now what you a, know? It's a good question. You know, I don't, it's it's hard to say. I mean, we manage concussions a lot differently, you know, now than than we did back oh, then. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I know a lot of you know guys on my team would you know get hit, they'd come back and. You know, they do the smelling salts or something, and then they go back on the ice. Where now is, you know, we manage it different. But you know, I, my dad was my dad was a very good hockey player. He was uh, he was very very accomplished, um, and he, he was a tough tough player too. So he had a couple of fights. But he's you know he's never really had for the amount of hockey that he's played, he's never had any significant concussions. And he said maybe he's had one. And for the amount of hockey that he's played. I mean, that's quite remarkable. And, right. you know, I think there might be something genetic with it because, yeah. you know, I played, you know, good, good, good enough, you know, uh, you know, fair enough amount of hockey that, you know, maybe one time where I got hit and I kind of blacked out. But, you know, I, other than that, I, I, I can't really remember too many times where, you know, at the end of the day, I just didn't feel quite right. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's all the questions I have. Frank, this has been a great interview. Thanks so much. And, uh, I would like to thank Dr. Goulet once more for his time and his expertise in a very informative discussion. It was great talking to him. He was certainly an excellent first guest to have. And I look forward to more podcasts and more guests. So thank you very much for listening and until next time. The music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. www.bensound.com Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.